In this bonus episode of the One More Rep podcast, Brody and I head down to the Trax Fitness Lab in Erlinger, Kentucky, where we talk to marketing and social media guru Matt Plapp. He discusses some advertising strategies for gym owners, athletes, and anyone else trying to advance their personal brand. Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where we take it beyond the barbell. I am your host, Modingo, and with me is Brody. What's, What's up? up, bro? Hey, man. <laughs> um, we would like to say uh, thanks for all the listens and thanks for all the downloads. So we're here today to talk to Matt Platt, who is the owner of the Trax Fitness Lab. And Matt, tell us a little bit about, tell us your story. So my story, it's an interesting one with regards to CrossFit, because I was telling somebody today, my first CrossFit workout in December of 2010 when I hadn't done cardio in 10 years prior, mm. I was 32, former athlete, but as you know, professional life gets on, you don't work out as much as you should, and mm-hmm. you get man boobs, <laughs> and it ended with 100 burpees. Ended. What? Yeah. And what did it start with? It was, it was just- 100 a, burpees. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible day, and I'll never forget it because it took me 45 minutes to drive a five minutes home. Because your legs wouldn't work? I had, to, I had to stop at a gas station. I had a protein drink. I had a Coke. I had a Gatorade. I had a water. Probably some bananas in there, too. By the yeah. time I made it home, my wife's like, where have you been? You left the gym an hour ago. I'm like, where am I at? I'm like, I'm going to tell you where I've been. I'm going to give you what I just did. <laughs> I told her, I said, no matter, because I'm usually pretty good at convincing her to do things in life with what we do mm-hmm. as far as, hey, do this with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever I tell you, don't ever go to CrossFit with me. These people are insane. <laughs> and then the next week... She calls me, hey, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to CrossFit. Like, whoa, 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 you told me these people were crazy. I'm like, I know there's something about it. And here we are, um, I don't know, seven, eight years later. That's kind of crazy too, though. So maybe <laughs> that's why he likes it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it was my story. Uh, we, I started doing CrossFit December of 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in marketing for 20 years. I've owned a boat and RV dealership, a couple other companies, and did CrossFit from 2010 to 12 at a gym down the street from here that wasn't an affiliate. Mm-hmm. And during that time... The, and you can hear the barbells dropping here yep. at the gym. So they're in there working out. During that time, really got involved with it. But the gym I was at separated. The guy okay. who was running it for the it was in a Globo gym. We were actually in the basement underneath a pool. Sweet. And about an 800 square foot area. It doesn't get more CrossFit than that. It was it was CrossFit. <laughs> it was called Underground Athletes. And, and hopefully there wasn't a leak in the ceiling. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> there wasn't actually. That was a good thing. And uh, our trainer left to open his own gym because that's how it is. Everybody yeah. that ends up teaching CrossFit somewhere opens up their own gym somewhere down the street. Mm-hmm. So he left. And when he left, 38 of the 40 people that did CrossFit with us went with him. Well, I was the oddball because I did the marketing for the Globo gym. Okay. And so I was the only person that had no clue what was happening. And so I was left there myself and one other person that didn't had just joined, didn't know anybody. Yeah. So the CrossFit program was gone. It was literally, it was, it was sad because it was like this week, all my friends were like, boom. Yeah. And I wasn't invited because he saw me as a competitor. I'm like, dude, wow. There's, I'll help you. I'll market you for free because you're yeah. going to need it. But and he didn't want that. What year was that? That was June of 12, 2012. Yeah, so. It's now 2018 and shit hasn't changed since then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> same thing. Yep. And so, but it all worked out pretty well because it was kind of ironic because at the exact same time, a guy named Rich Voss had a gym down the street called uh, CrossFit Hustle. 
his trainer had just left, mm-hmm. took 40 members with him, opened up another gym in Florence, exact time. Mm-hmm. And he was on a verge of going out of business. The guys I, the, who owned the Globo gym heard, mm-hmm. and they said, hey, we'll buy your gear and we'll bring your affiliate here. Now we'll have an official CrossFit affiliate. So he brought about 20 people with him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met Casey, who's my partner here at the gym. Okay. And so we started doing CrossFit together, him uh, and a guy named Dwayne, who was our original partner here. And after about four or five months, we realized it was never going to succeed there because it was a Globo gym. Mm-hmm. The owners didn't care. It was all about their 4,500 members. Of their, they had two locations and mm-hmm. the 40 CrossFit people who cared. Yeah. And it got to a point where three times in a week, I taught class as a member. Because being a friend of the owner and helping him with marketing, I had the code to get into the area where CrossFit was. Okay. And so I would show up early and roll out, and no trainer and would no show coach. up. no coach. Yeah. And wow. no trainer would show up because they were all part-time PT, the, the, the personal trainers that yeah. didn't do CrossFit. So they didn't care. And they were making real money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, I now see that. Yeah. And so it got to a point where the, the CrossFit every, just kept every month. 20 people would join, 20 people would leave and go to a real CrossFit gym. Okay. And we're, it, it we, wasn't a sustainable model nah, it because wasn't. it wasn't getting the attention. Yeah, it, it nobody cared. Okay. Owner, there was nobody hands on with it. And so it got to a point where we did a competition, myself, Casey, and a couple of our current members. It was a six person comp in Covington. And afterwards, they are like, you guys got to open your own gym. And I said, I have no interest in opening a gym. I don't know about any of my gyms. I know how to work out a little. Mm-hmm. I know marketing. I don't have time. And Dwayne and Casey, I didn't know they had been meeting on the side. And then Dwayne is, because Casey's 13 years younger than me, Dwayne's 13 years older than me. And Dwayne's a very successful entrepreneur. So him and I would go to lunch occasionally because we both clicked. Mm-hmm. And we'd ask these questions, what if, what would you do differently? Well, I had no clue he was setting me up. Okay, he was, he was, getting, the info, he was getting the knowledge from you. He was the one in the middle because he saw Casey at the time. So I'm 41 now, so Casey's 28. Mm-hmm. Casey was 22, 23 then. And he wanted to see Casey get a career and not be a bartender. Casey was a trainer and a bartender, mm-hmm. but he wanted to be a trainer. He's a hell of a trainer. He's an amazing, amazing instructor, personal trainer. He's unbelievable. And he saw that. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Casey couldn't do it on his own. And he also knew that he wouldn't be able to run the gym because he had no time. Mm-hmm. And so he wamboozled me and Casey working each angle. Uh-huh. And then we one day he's like, hey, where are you at? I'm like, I'm over here in Erlanger doing this. We'll swing up the street to my office. So I went up to his office and I walk in. There's Casey. I'm like, hey, you know Casey from the gym? He's like, yeah, I know Casey. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm yeah. being set up. Well, and and if you only knew when... Uh, Whoever came up to you across at CrossFit Covington. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever came up to you there, that guy paid that person 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so put that seed in your ear. Probably was. Yeah. And uh, so literally we sat there and they told me the idea. And I said, man, I've got no interest, guys. I said, I'll do the marketing for you. That's my specialty. I know how to market. I know mm-hmm. how to get in front of people. That's what I like doing. And they said, well, what, what would it cost if we wanted this, this, and this? So I gave him a number this. And he's like, so would you turn us down if we paid you that? I'm like, well, of course not. I've got capacity. Well, what if we gave you ownership stake in that amount? And so then the conversation went. And, and you're like, whoa, hold up, <laughs> hold up. This doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And so it, I'm like, well, what are you guys thinking? They're like, well, we've got a place we want to show you down the road now. Yeah. What do you mean now? They're like, so we literally left there, went and looked at this dumpy little place. And you're still to- confused the whole time. And the point yeah. is, like, we're, we're five minutes late. We got to go. They already had the place set <laughs> yeah, up all ready had, for to go. It was, <laughs> and so we ended up having the conversation, came to an agreement that day, and uh, opened in May of 13. And it's been, you know, uphill since then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've had some highs and some lows. We've had some strange things happen. We had a trainer commit suicide. We mm-hmm. had another member die. We've had 
couple members get cancer. Uh, so it's it's been a unique experience with regards to dealing with people. Yeah, life dealing. has been happening yeah. in, in these inside these four walls. Yeah. Yeah. So you that's a very unusual path to becoming a gym owner. So <laughs> you had no desire to become an owner. You just sort of showed up one day and was like, hey, you want to be an owner if I pay you this much? And you're yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm still waiting for the payment. <laughs> you know, that, it's funny because I never forget when we had our we had a boat dealership for ten years, and we went from we started with five thousand dollar loan in a yard barn, like literally a Heartland yard barn. We rented, we had a little lot, we started selling campers on the side. Me, my mm-hmm. dad, and brother, we grew it from zero to fifteen million a year in annual sales. And every year, I kept telling my wife, "This is the year we're going to get paid." <laughs> and after 10 years it, i mean we made a good living but there was never that it was yeah. never because you always that reinvested. next level yeah. and, the, and the gym's been the same yeah way. we were just me and brody were just talking about that today about how you know yeah you're making money but that money's going back into yeah, yeah. into, into the community smart, yeah you know? well it's yeah if you don't reinvest it i mean how, i mean you can't grow <laughs> i mean it's just the way it is well i tell you he's he stepped on something i really want to talk about is uh a lot of owners uh if he, they were approach with the same situation. Hey, I, you want to be an owner, blah, blah, blah. They would just say they would ride with it. And Matt, he said, look, that's not my specialty. Mm-hmm. Right. He said, my specialty is marketing. He wasn't pretending and he wasn't faking. He was it. being real. Yeah. He was being real. And instead of faking it and, and all this crap. Oh yeah. I can be an owner and then go and call up Brody. How do I be an owner? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think that also it, you're going to see how much that led to being successful. If you know what you're good at and you stick with what you're good at, and you have a good team, right? Like me and Mo. And uh, if you have a good team, you can actually, you'll advance so much further than those people who would fake to be an owner. And then guess what? They're the gym that's shutting down. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So marketing, that's that's your profession. That's my profession. And that's, that's one thing that's helped us here from a standpoint of the, none of us pretend. Okay. You know, the first six months or a year we were open, Casey and I, and Dwayne, Dwayne was the intermediary and we stepped on each other's toes here and there. And it got to a point where, I mean, we literally, two of the conversations, two of the arguments we had, which are hilarious. I think back to them. One was over who should be athlete of the month one month. <laughs> and one was that we were painting the, the wall orange or blue. Uh-huh. And it was just because we didn't appreciate each other, didn't know each other's strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. hadn't worked together yet. But once we got into it now, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what, what's the why tomorrow? Why'd we do this? I'm like, I don't know. I have no clue. I, <laughs> right. I, I just look at the board like you guys. I, I'm not going to give you advice on working out. I, I, I know I stay in my lane. I know what my strength is, my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, you kind of talked on how gyms, uh, they'll somewhat branch off from that gym. And it's because they can't come to a consensus on what their roles are. Yep. And they then they start butting heads. And then there's something that there's a feud that kind of sparks and then they split. And because me personally, when I see gym owners as um, when they have a partner, you very rarely do you hear it working out for the good. And if it does, they're not making money. And it, it's, it's because they don't define the roles. They don't work together. And they don't appreciate what each other's strengths are. And then they try to just force things. And I think also something that comes from that is not having a, a shared vision. Now, whether or not you both agree to the vision wholeheartedly, right. you have to share that with each other because you wind up having those, com- you know, you, you wind up having resentment because, well, I want to go this way and I want to develop an, a lifting program. And he wants to go with this unloaded program. And, you know, I think that's stupid. But do you guys ever talk to each other about that? You know, yeah. you know, the, and like we've talked about before, and it's going to be a future episode, that conflict, 
but conflict not in a negative way, but conflict having those conversations so that way you can yield something from it to make the business better and stronger. And that way everybody puts all their cards on the table and you know exactly where everyone stands. People don't like doing that. No, people hate conflict, but I tell you, there's as long as you have really like-minded, not, don't have to be like-minded, but people who want the best out of the situation, you can have those hard conversations. Now we're talking about paint color and freaking athlete of the month. <laughs> those are not fucking really <laughs> huge deals. But uh, now if Matt was trying to step on Casey's toe on the programming and telling him, you know, trying to give him feedback, and it's, it's not what he knows, Casey would probably take insult to that. Like, look, man, this is my deal. Yeah. Just like if Casey was trying to tell what Matt should do for marketing. Mm. So, yeah, there's going to be confliction if you have dual ownership. But if you can sort through it and you define your roles and you appreciate each other's roles, then a resolution comes onto a successful business. Yeah, and you grow through that. Yeah. So how do you apply your skill of marketing to running a gym? Because it's, I'd safe to say when we had that CrossFit boom, it was like some guy was like, oh, I'm going to open up a gym. I'm going to work out for eight hours a day and I'm going to go to regionals. You know, that person didn't think about, well, who's going to clean the toilets? Yep. And how are we going to keep the lights on? And they probably marketing was probably the last thing on their mind. They were thinking, oh, I'm going to pay my affiliation fee, get a bitch a name, get some T-shirts made and boom, the people will just come in. And we're just going to pay everybody to do that stuff. Yes. That, that's what you think when you start a business. <laughs> like, I'm just going to pay everybody to do the stuff I don't want to. Yeah. Until you have to pay them. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's ironic. I think we're probably stronger than the majority of affiliates with marketing, but I think we're weaker than we should be. Mm hmm. Being that my focus, even though my marketing is my background and that's what I, I, I do great, I market restaurants and RV dealers. Okay. <laughs> I don't market gyms. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what I try and create in my program, my business is, is systematic marketing programs that I know I can plug and play in different places. And so a lot of things that I do for a living, I try and get done here. But, you know, my focus, I, I work 80 hours a week on my marketing company and I'm different states every couple of weeks and different doing things, doing different things. So I'm trying to constantly get the people here, our trainers here to create the stuff that I know we need to be successful because that's the biggest reason I'm successful in what I do is content. Okay. I've produced, I've had a blog since 2010. I've been doing videos for a while. I've been doing things that people now are thinking are trendy. Like I, I've been doing Facebook ads since day one. Mm -hmm. I've been updating, you know, people will crack up when I say this, but my first interaction with social media was 2002. Before yeah. social media existed, it was chat rooms, discussion boards, mm -hmm. and I've been doing that for a long time. And so what I try and constantly do is what I struggle with here is to get our trainers to understand their role, what they can do. You know, like the other day, I've got a, a mandate that's been, it goes on and off every month where they need to produce three videos per week. The mm -hmm. trainers, they can't sell. They can't talk about the gym. They can't talk about how great we are. Come here. It's what do the people that are going to come join here what is going to be their problem? You know, like my wife, mm -hmm. 41 year old mother of two, couple knee surgeries, wants to lose about 30 or 40 pounds. She doesn't care about regional. She doesn't care about the open. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about how much she can squat. She wants to know what's going to help her get a butt like Lindsay's. And I told <laughs> Lindsay the other day, I'm like, Lindsay, if I'm you, she won't do it. I'm like, you need to get comfortable knowing that you have the butt that every woman wants. And you should start your videos off with, Hey ladies, here's what I'm working with. <laughs> mm -hmm. And here's, some things you can do to get here from nutrition, from mobility, from exercise, from stuff at home. Like my mm. wife went to Florida last weekend for a cheer event. She came back and she worked out and she was sore for three days. And I said, well, you didn't do anything when you were gone for five days. Well, I walked a bunch. I'm like, yeah, that's a little different, a little yeah. different than doing a hundred wall balls when you get back. Yeah. 
Uh, so burpees at the end of a week. <laughs> <laughs> so I try, I'm, I've been constantly this past six months to a year and we've been getting better to try and get our trainers to get more involved because content is king. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the guys I follow, I follow religiously for a long time is Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah. And Gary V, Gary v is the content man. My coach in California, Billy Jean is the content man. He puts it out there. He doesn't sell. He's, I want to educate you and inform you Mm -hmm. and try and give you advice on how you can do something better or how you can improve at your skill or whatever you're doing. That'll bring the people in. And so that's what we've been slowly trying to do here. We've, we've been fortunate that I don't have to make a living off the gym, Mm -hmm. whereas Casey does our trainers do. Mm -hmm. So I don't take hardly any income if some months at all from the gym. It's more of a, I don't want to say it's a hobby. It's an investment in the future Mm -hmm. that hopefully I do get an income eventually from it. Well, you investing in them as, as humans is going to yield you results yeah. in, you know, like these years down the road that you're talking about. If you can help facilitate them not having to get a second job yeah. and not having to worry about, oh, I can't afford to get sick right now because I don't have enough insurance, that that's the kind of equity that you can't pay enough money for. Yeah. Well, and the results you're going to yield from that from them to be able to dedicate full time to something is totally different than working 40 hours coming in and being a trainer at the gym, you can't, you can't run the business like that. It's very, very challenging. You might be able to have a business, but to make it successful in order to make this money, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That, that's what I'm seeing in my business right now, my marketing company. And one of my goals is to get Casey there in the next year or two, my marketing firm for the last 10 years, eight of the 10 years, everything went through Matt Plapp. The mm-hmm. clients were buying me. They were buying my time. They were buying my expertise. I was the, I was the beaver dam in the, in the stream. Okay. Yeah. And I looked you at were the it, gatekeeper <clears throat> of everything that went out in this past couple of years. I've been working with a consultant to try and scale my business and figure out a better way to do things. And he's like, dude, you got to get out of the way. You've mm-hmm. got to create systems. Cause my two things I'm the strongest at are closing deals and creating content. I shouldn't be building programs in messenger and email marketing, landing pages, click funnels. I know how to do it all, mm-hmm. which scares the crap out of me. Some of the stuff I know how to do because I shouldn't know how to do it, <laughs> but I, I do. But by me being involved in that, it doesn't allow for scaling, doesn't allow for things to happen. And that's the same way here. I've been talking to Casey. One of my goals I'm trying to get better at is mentor him as an entrepreneur and say, Casey, you can't be teaching 20 classes a week. You can't be doing 40 PT sessions a week. You've got to be watching the gym mm-hmm. and figuring out. Cause I, the biggest thing I noticed, I tell my wife and kids, I always try and give my kids little hints. My daughter's going to be an entrepreneur. My son won't, but I tell my, my daughter the other day, we're at steak and shake. And I said, you see the lady in the nice outfit? Yeah. She, yeah. Said, That's the manager. She's on the line cooking. Who's managing. Mm-hmm. You ever see Bill Belichick throw the football? No, he's the coach. Mm-hmm. Right. He's making sure Tom Brady throws Tom Brady's making sure the running back goes here. The running back's making sure the tackle does this. Mm-hmm. They're all working together and there's somebody up top. And I see that in a lot of businesses. They aren't doing that. Like right now, Casey is too much involved in our gym as far as every day. Mm-hmm. He needs to be in the gym trying to figure out how to make Lindsay better at what she does and Dylan better what he does and Krista and Zach and Melissa and Logan and try and run the gym. Right now he's in it too much. And that's mm-hmm. how I was. Mm-hmm. I was in my business every day doing stuff. And my goal I've set for myself is April 1st this year. By April 1st, I will do nothing with my marketing firm. The other 10 people will. All I'll do is create content and close deals. Mm -hmm. And I think when you talk about your coaches the way you do, it sounds like they're very passionate, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the challenging things for someone who is that driven and wants to see everything succeed is to help them understand that they can't have their hands in everything. 
you have to be able to build something that's repeatable and also, you know, you can hand it off to anybody else yeah. versus just saying, oh, I'm going to do all this because like you said, you wind up getting in your own way. Yeah, but I'm going to speak from a trainer standpoint. I'll never, I'll never have that bird eyes view. That's just not, that's not the direction yeah. I want to go. To tell Casey who has been training for how long now? A long time. Five, yeah, five, yeah. five six, seven years. Yeah, right? so that's really, that's a tough pill to swallow, to be honest, because you, you love everybody and you, you've dedicated your life to helping people. And to step away from that would be almost impossible. It is impossible for me, fully. Yeah. Okay, I'm not saying some, but I could see, I know your gym, it, you're, you're growing in a pretty good rate. Yeah. And you need, he needs that, but for him to swallow that, that's going to be very, very challenging. He's a, uh... He's more open it to than a lot of people would be because yeah. I, we had a, an eye opening experience a few years ago. Uh, Lindsay, who's one of our train, we, we're fortunate that we've got a lot of trainers that literally, really sincerely care about people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to CrossFit gyms, I've traveled a lot, I've been to at least a hundred gyms, I've been to gyms where the owner, I, I'll never forget it, the lady at, oh, I won't mention the name, almost <laughs> oh, dead. Hey man, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she called me warm up guy. I'm in there warm up. We're getting ready to do a workout. They had 135 pound clusters. And I mean, it was, uh, it was almost like bear complex kind of had yeah. a similar workout yeah. to that. And she was, let's, let's go warm up guy. You ready to go? I'm like, what do you mean? I just got here. We, we're not doing a warm up. She's like, no, we're going right into this. I'm like, man, I'm not 21. It, yeah. I can't was, do that. I watched, I did the workout and I hung out and watched afterwards. And I started talking to people and I found out that like 90% of her, her business is tourism is uh, oh, tourist drop drop-ins. Ins. She's in a big beach town, but it was hilarious because I watched her do the class and she didn't do it. She literally turned the clock on, went behind the counter. She was in jeans. She couldn't demonstrate anything we did. There was no instruction. And I was like, she doesn't care. This is a paycheck. <clears throat> and so that's one thing we're fortunate. Our trainers are passionate. Mm-hmm. They love it. They eat, sleep and drink it. They look like trainers. They act like trainers. Uh, but the biggest thing we had as an eye opening thing with us was about two years ago, we were getting ready to launch the burn program down here that we I showed you in the other okay. room. And we were launching it in June. And yeah. Lindsay was, had been on board for about five months. She was working her butt off. And she quit. And hmm. she left and went to become a realtor. And we were pissed at her. We're like, what? We're going to launch this. Now we don't have somebody to do it. So we had to put it off for three months. And so we were all upset. And so it comes back to the fall. And later in the fall, like almost the internet year, she ends up coming back. Well, at that point, we had figured out why she left. She couldn't make any money. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I did the math. I, I remember looking back and going, you know, Lindsay, it's our fault. I looked at the math. If you were to work and teach 40 hours a week, which is impossible in CrossFit, in my opinion, you, have, you can probably only teach about 10 to 15 classes and do it good mm-hmm. and then sub, have PT and other things. But I said, if you're going to teach 40 hours, you're going to make 25 grand a year. Working on that floor 40 hours a week for 25 grand a year. You know what? Go work at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And that we saw that, and it made it made me reflect on a conversation I had a couple years prior. It was actually about seven or eight years before that. We were at uh, it was called Symposium Twenty. We were a Yamaha outward motor dealer, and we were the top three in the country. Mm -hmm. And every year they flew, every quarter they flew twenty of us to either Vegas or Shreveport or Atlantic City for they called a Symposium Twenty. And we all got together for four days, and we put the best practices of our business Mm -hmm. in there. Now I'll never forget this guy named Noel stands up. And he's walking around the room and he's talking to the owners like, who in here makes six figures? And only like three of us raised our hands. I mean, these are big dealers. And he's like, all you other ones, quit your jobs, right? Sell your dealerships, close your business, go do something to make money because you're putting the work in right now and you're not making what you're getting paid. 
He's like, my daughter's making a 24 year old pharmaceutical rep making six figures. You're working 80 hours a week as a boat dealership owner, mm-hmm. not making any money. Yeah. And I kind of looked at that here. The same thing was that Lindsay could be a trainer here and do what she loved, but make no money. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to beat her down. She, that's why people leave and open gyms. They don't see the... Or they lose their passion, yeah. and yeah. then they, they totally get away from either fitness or go do real estate. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't... You can't as, even as an owner, it's very challenging. You know, it, it, you put a lot of hours in, and you can't have that... I can't have that mindset, personally. That It's like, I need to get paid, need to get paid, because I got to grow something. So whatever I got to do is going to take. But when you have someone that's... A trainer, you can easily overuse them and run them right to the ground. We kind of talked about it uh, the last episode yeah. that we recorded. Burnout, yeah. yeah, and it, you do that, man. They they lose their fire forever, and well, you it, can't you can't have that. And it's quality of life. I remember when we had our boat dealership. I read a book and an article, and the guy was talking about the top two problems he found his employees had, where they didn't get a vacation because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford vacation, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the time off because right. they're a couple. And one's always got to stay home with a sick kid. And mm-hmm. so it would come around and go to vacation. They're stressed out. They never get to enjoy it. So this guy was a pretty cool uh, company. He went on a program. He bought a timeshare in Gatlinburg. And he mandatory. Every employee had one week off per quarter above and over their pay, their vacation. Mm-hmm. And, and then twice a year, you had to prove that you went to the timeshare. <laughs> and it was, it was paid for. And his concept was, the reason he did that was that allowed the employee to use his sick time, his other time, to take care of the kids so that the spouse still had vacation time. Yeah. So that when vacation time came up, they had a good quality of life. And that's the same with the gym is that, you know, I've, I see what our trainers put in. And I looked back and saw what Lindsay was putting in 30 or 40 hours to see her making 20, 25 grand a year. I'm like, no, I want to see you making 60 or 80 grand a year so mm-hmm. that you can have a, you can enjoy life. You mm-hmm. can not be stressed about credit card bills every month. You can be able to go on a nice vacation. You can drive a decent car. And you, honestly, I'm not to say anything mean to people out there making 20, 25 grand a year. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. Now, I've been fortunate to make a lot of money since I've been out of college and been an entrepreneur and a hustler. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. And I think the median income for the United States is it's, it's under 20,000. And I don't, I don't honestly, I would have a hard time paying our bills under six figures. Yeah. (laughs) But you live, if you live to your means then that's just the way it is, you can make it happen. You know, some people will use that as an excuse, but I mean, I've been at a point in time where I didn't make shit, you know what I mean? But I didn't settle for that. Yeah. You found a way to make it happen. You find a way to make it happen, but you you can live to your means and you can do it appropriately, but it's not that it's easy. Yeah. I mean, it sucks when you have, fuck, I've, at one point in time, we've had like 50 bucks left in our bank account the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that sucks, but we didn't jump off a fucking bridge. Oh, you, <laughs> you know what happen. I mean? You got to make it happen. And, you know, and I don't like to lean on anybody. I don't ask for handouts. I, I'll never do that. Um, but, you know, we, we made it happen and, and keep your head down because, like you said, business is tough and you got to, there's a lot of tough times and I know there's tough times in our gym and you just got to keep pushing through it. And, and when you can, it's, it's awesome. What's on the other side. Yeah. So if I'm someone who's contemplating opening up a gym, I come to Matt Platt, what are, what's some piece of advice you're going to give me? I mean, the, the first question I'm going to ask is why, mm-hmm. you know, why do you want to own a gym? Is it, you know, like I don't want to own my, my marketing company I have right now. I don't want to have it. Because I want to, I want to make a million dollars. Even though I do want to make a million dollars, I want to have my marketing come because I love marketing. I, I have a passion for it. it. Doesn't bother me. I always joke with people. I have weeks where I work 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me at all. I actually get bored 
if I'm not with a if laptop. If you're not hustling that yeah. hard, and yeah. Then, I mean, I've try, I have to, I have to fight myself to take time off sometimes. And I would find out from that person why. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's your motivation? Because I look at our gym, the impact I've seen, like this past weekend was a great example. We had a fundraiser for a member who was two months ago laying on the ground, perfectly healthy, have a, a great CrossFitter. Uh, I think she's probably about 30 years old and her daughter pushes on her boob and she feels something. She's like, what is that? And then she ends up having breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I never would have envisioned that environment, but she comes in here. It's a sad couple of days. Hey, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to beat this. You're going to be good. We put a fundraiser together financially they she was stressed too how are we going to pay for this yeah we don't have this deductible and the money is coming our well here we are you know a couple months later have a fundraiser i think it's almost like 12 to 14 grand raise that part of her mind is gone now mm-hmm. okay i don't have to worry about the finance i can worry about my health and getting better that's the stuff that to me i would tell people opening a gym this is the things you're not going to realize because my business is a marketing company i help business owners make more money mm-hmm the gym, we've had members here that have gotten off diabetes medicine. We've had members here that have, you know, uh, there's marriages happened here. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, That's always amazing, yeah. I think, when you see those relationships develop inside the box like that. Yeah, it's so amazing. And so I, I would say, you know, why are you wanting to do, are you wanting to, you know, like Casey, I watch him. He cares. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched funny because he coaches me as his business partner and friend like I'm a member that joined a week ago. Mm-hmm. He cares. As it should be. Yeah. And a lot of times I think that's what people, they, if you want to open a gym because you want to make a bunch of money or you want to have a free place to work out, I mean, you got to figure out what your priorities are. But I would tell them, number one, it's not a tough, it's not an easy business. Mm-hmm. It is a tough business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a profitable business, at least that we've found out. I mean, we haven't lost money, but we're not printing money like I think a lot of other businesses could. Uh, but you better love people. Yeah. Because if you absolutely. don't love people... You know, this is the wrong business. It's one of the reasons I don't coach classes. The joke here all the time is like, we used to have a program where every month we rotated and I had one weekend every month where I taught two classes on Saturday and open gym Sunday. And I found a way every month to trade it. <laughs> I do not like teaching class. I, that's not me. I like teaching entrepreneurs, Uh huh. Yeah. but I mean, do I, do I have the same certification quote unquote, my air quotes there you can't see on the podcast as, <laughs> as Casey. Yeah. I have some of the same stuff. Do I know 1% of what he knows? No. I mean, I, I know how to do certain things, but I always crack up because the people ask me advice. I'm like, well, you're asking the wrong person. Why aren't you a certified trainer? I'm like, yeah. Doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, you I, can't be too next weekend <laughs> <laughs> for the for the low price of a thousand dollars. So I, I would tell them if you're in, be in it for the right reasons. Okay. You know, be be in it to, that you're you're going to make differences in lives. And if you love dealing with people, it's almost kind of like being a doctor. I mean, a lot of people I know that became doctors because they wanted to make a difference in lives. And you know, not to say that we're you know saving lives like heart surgeons are, but honestly, we. Kind of are. I heard a podcast recently where the guy said, you know what? If a member quits your gym, look in the mirror because you just failed them. Yep. Because in a year, they might have heart disease. They might have diabetes. They might die mm. and not be around for their family because they didn't get fit. Yeah, I, I've, ta- I've talked to Mo about this. Like, you know, we're going on in our fourth year being open. We've never lost a, another member to another gym. Because if I did that, I would look in the mirror like, what did I do? Not like what he do or she do, mm-hmm. you know, I take that shit really, really personal. And I never want to fail my members. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to push them, them away. Yeah. Um, that's, that's critical to me. Cause like Stu from the WTF uh, gym talk, he says the only three reasons someone should leave your gym is military, medical or move. Yeah. Yep. And all I get, right. I got two of the three, like all the time. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm cool with that. Nothing I can do. So 
you've already had this conversation with me, you know, you've identified my why. Um, what's some good places from a marketing standpoint I can spend money on because I'm not going to have a lot of it. Yep. I'm not going to have a lot of capital to start off with because I've just signed this lease. I've had to buy what? $3,000 worth of stall matting <laughs> at least. <laughs> Dude, we, I figured up we've got, I think 14 grand in stall mats here. And I was telling, so it was funny you bring that up because the other day we were talking, I'm like, it's depressing. It's a three quarter inch rubber. Yep. But it's everywhere. Yes. Once again, dude, we're in the wrong fucking business. I know. <laughs> I mean, stall mats. That's where we need some, we need to make stall mats. Yep. So where, where, where's the smart money spent for a brand new owner? The smart money is spent by not spending money to start off with. In my opinion, there mm. is what's it cost for Google places? Nothing. What's it cost for a Google 3d tour on your Google listing? Nothing. Mm. What's it cost for a Facebook page? Nothing. A Facebook group, nothing. Uh, a YouTube channel, nothing. You've got to get comfortable. The pro- biggest problem people have is they hate seeing themselves on video. They mm-hmm. hate putting themselves in an expert mode. Or listening to their own voice. Or listening to their own voice. Yeah. That would be the number one thing I would do is you need to start creating content and getting on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat in a non-sales manner. Okay. Because this is the biggest problem in marketing. Listen, when you get in the car next time, turn your radio on. Every commercial has their hand out. Come buy from me. Come do this. Come do this. Mm-hmm. Very rarely are businesses giving you information. Right. You know, the, for free. The, for free. The number one, yeah, the number one raised way that auto repair businesses can drive business into their business. The biggest, uh, the biggest was, there was a case study done. The number one traffic driving video on YouTube for an auto repair business is a how-to oil change video. Mm-hmm. It's here's exactly how to do an oil change for your car. This is what you're about to pay me here's 30 what, bucks for. Here's walking through the whole thing because it does a couple things. Number one, it shows them. So you show expertise. Uh-huh. Same with the gym. Here's how to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks. Put together a fitness routine. Eliminate these from your diet. But putting it out there. So they show how to do the oil change. They show what you're going to need. By the time it gets done, that consumer's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do all that work. I'm, I'm going to pay the car place down the street, car X, 40 bucks to have my oil change. Well, it's yeah. the same with the gym. Yeah. I think the biggest failure that we do as business owners is we get on a microphone and we talk about how great we are versus what does our customer want? So if I'm a gym owner and I'm going to start marketing, mm-hmm. why does somebody need a gym? They need to, you know, they're, they're for the ideal client for us, for example, was typically a, a, a person after college. It's a former athlete that's looking for that competitive. What, how do I fill that competitive void in your life? That's what I was. I was a college athlete. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, you can't talk trash in the office like, oh, look at that, close the deal, fool. You know, <laughs> CrossFit, you can. You, you get that competitive edge back. So that's one demographic. The other demographic is the 40-year-old mom. Two kids, 40 years old, income's not an issue. But she goes to the Globo gym with her headphones on and does everything wrong, mm-hmm. has no advice, mm-hmm. gets home, has no nutrition advice. So I would look at my breakdown. And uh, there was a guy that I know in the radio business behind you on one of those pieces of paper is actually a breakdown of what our ideal member is. Oh. Her name, how many kids she has, how old she is, where she lives, how much she makes, what kind of car she drives. You got to picture that person and then talk to them. And you got to sell to her. And you got to say, you know what? Hey, Brody, I want to talk to you about the three ways to get a better chest. Like I look at Dylan out here. I walk in, I'm like, man, dude's got the chest, the arms. He got, but most guys in their twenties are like, I need that. Mm-hmm. If I'm him and that's his demographic, who's going to get in, he's going to get their attention of talk to them, give them tips. Don't sell them. Don't tell them about the gym. Here's five things you can do at home 
to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks. Come up with things of that nature. Start building a following. Okay. When you start building a following, then they start going, huh, how do I meet this Dylan guy? And then they come to the gym and they do a free workout or they do a personal training assessment. Find some way to get in front of them. And then at that point, the number one way of any marketing right now that's out there is Facebook and YouTube video for one reason. You can retarget based on consumption. And what I mean by that is let's say you have a, let's say Lindsay does a series of, and Lindsay, when you listen to this, get doing it. <laughs> let's say she does a 10 weeks to 10 pounds. It's an attainable goal. It's a healthy goal. It's right. not a crazy amount. Right. Ladies, 10 weeks to 10 pounds. i give myself an idea here. Every week, I'm going to do three videos that are going to help you get to 10 weeks and 10 pounds. And let's say all these videos are two minutes long. And so she does three videos a week, six minutes of content a week for 10 weeks. Every other week, she can have have custom audiences in Facebook and YouTube that are built based on the people that fit a demographic that consumed 50% or more of that content. That looking for Linda. Yeah. Okay. And and so all of a sudden, you've got, you've got that video that Lindsay did, and you've got 5,000 video views, and you've got, let's say, you know, 2,000 of them are over a minute or longer they've watched. They didn't watch by accident for a minute. Right. They mm-hmm. are an interested 40-year-old woman that is consuming your content. So then after you run a few of those videos and you've, you've got those running, now you have a retargeting ad running and you're spending a dollar, $2 a day. And it's like, Hey, you're seeing this video because you've watched 10 videos of mine in the past. I've already got your interest. You're interested in something. Comment below your biggest question that I can answer. And then you hook that post up to a mini chat messenger bot that when they comment on that post, it fires off an automatic sequence. Hey, Brody, thanks for commenting on my posts. What's your biggest thing you're trying to accomplish? Lose weight, tone up, boom, boom, boom. Then you create a relationship, give them some tips, give them some advice. Then you start creating a relationship and you mm-hmm. get people in your gym. Nice. I mean, I mean, it's all freaking awesome, but I didn't know, I, don't, I still don't know any of that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being real. Like yeah. 90 per, 99% of your gym owners aren't going to, it's not Matt, mm-hmm. right? So I guess my question is, I know they're, you're saying Facebook, YouTube, that's huge, right? Yep. How do you tell someone or speak to someone to when they're not comfortable, right? So not everybody's comfortable in a microphone. Not everybody's comfortable in front of a video camera. How do you how do you get past that? Or is it best to get someone who is comfortable and coach them through it? That's a tough one. I was uncomfortable with it. And it's funny, if you watch me now, I've, I've done videos in the middle of restaurants with my kids. Like, hey, check it out. Here's this new dessert item. I'm going to walk you through why you're as a restaurant. You should give this away to bring kids like this. My kids are like, man, watch Dan on the camera again. He's Facebook Live. <laughs> and you've got, I used to hate it yeah. because you see yourself on camera. You don't like it. Yeah. You're, you think, okay, my friends are going to see this. They're going to think I'm an idiot. You know what? You've got to just cut it all out. And you've got, if you truly are passionate about something, you should be able to talk about that educated. You should be able to have a conversation. It's like me. I do videos all the time. I've never scripted one. Mm-hmm. None mm-hmm. of them are like this tomorrow. I will be at my house tomorrow in my basement on my green screen. I will shoot 50 videos for 50 different RV dealers across the country and then put them in a marketing program. And not one of them scripted. I literally pull their website up and I go, hey, what's up, guys? From Century RV, it's Matt Plapp. I want to show you two things you could do better in your marketing. I'm on your website. You can see it behind me. And you just go. I hated that years ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even, I joke, I get plaplash that I, I've seen myself <laughs> on TV so much 
on faith. I'm going to just show uh, hashtag plat. Yeah, it was Kush Lash. It was the Kush, the the one NF. The guy was an NFL prospect and he was a quarterback and. Jerry Maguire. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Kush. He's like, I got Kush last because yeah. he's on every commercial. He's on every interview. You've got to be comfortable. I don't care. And it's funny because everybody, I hear women. I coach a lot of uh, aspiring ad agencies. I have about 15 people that I coach helping them build their ad agency. Mm-hmm. And I've got two women in particular that have identity issues. Oh, I don't like, I don't, I don't think I'm pretty or I weigh too much or my hair. I'm like, who cares? Mm-hmm. If you can help a person <laughs> accomplish a task, they don't give a shit what you look like. And if you're at a gym, if you're, you're probably in shape anyways. If you're going to be a trainer or own a gym, at least you should be, I would think. Practice mm-hmm. what you preach. You should have no problem getting over that fear because I'm telling you, the number one thing is video content. And the remarketing is unbelievable that you can retarget people based on what they've watched. <laughs> the easiest way to understand what retargeting is for anybody listening, go to AutoTrader right now. Look up a 2015 white Chevy Suburban with captain seats in the back, sunroof, and a tow package. <laughs> Don't buy it, obviously, or just look at online. The next five days, Facebook, ESPN, CNN, wherever you go, mm-hmm. you're going to see ads from dealers for that specific car. Right. Because AutoTrader has sold that data yeah. to their dealer network. And they've bought a pretty targeted lead. And it's funny you say that because I'm looking for a car from one of my sons right now, and I've been getting hit, bombarded with all these car ads. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it's called retargeting. And, yeah. and the, the another way to do it, I always tell people, if you want to save some money when you buy stuff online, go to Amazon, put it in your shopping cart, and then close out. And a day later, you're going to get an email with a coupon for what you had in your shopping cart. It's called an abandoned shopping cart remarketing. Mm. Yeah, a lot in the you know, same thing. I'm sure Brody, when I buy, when I go to Amazon to buy stuff. I've got, because we buy our chalk on Amazon, a couple other things. Everything on there is about things that other people bought that bought this. Mm-hmm. It's all retargeting you based on that. Well, video content's no different. And you think about this. If you're a gym owner and you're producing content that is talking to your targeted market. Now, when, you, when I say that, your target market does not care about CrossFit the Tracks. They don't care how awesome of an athlete Dylan is. Mm-hmm. They don't care how ripped he is. They don't care what our gym does. They care about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you give them advice on how they can improve, increase their vertical, increase their 40-yard dash, lose body fat, get rid of knee pain. That was my big thing. Yeah. When I started CrossFit, I couldn't do a box jump. My knees hurt so bad. Now I can do 45, 50-inch box jumps. CrossFit helped me build my legs back up. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to people, talk about their issues, how you can solve them. But the value of that isn't the fact that you get people watching your videos. It's the fact that you can say, hey... This video was watched by 2,000 people. And in Facebook and YouTube, you can create what's called a custom audience. And that custom audience can be based on how much of that video they watch. So if somebody watches 10% of a 10 seconds of a two-minute video, it was an accident. Yeah. Somebody watches a minute 50 of a two-minute video, that ain't an accident. That's what you need to do. That's your target market. And when you put that in front of them, and after they see, usually the number is nine to 10 minutes of content. Once they've consumed nine to 10 minutes of your content, then you put a subtle trip in front of them. Hey, I see you watch our videos. You're obviously on the path to making a better you. Do you want my free 10 nutritional, my free best tips for how to eat cleaner but still enjoy your food? Mm-hmm. Click here. They click there. They comment. You send it to them. Now you start building that audience. Nice. Man. And it works. It works for anybody. They're fucking sneaking people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They have no idea. No, I mean, I guess you can kind of sum it up. You just got to put yourself in the camera and get it done. Like, yeah. it's just, we talk about that is a lot of people have ideas, 
or this or that. You just got to get it done. Don't make excuses. Um, I think having money is a huge thing when you first start up, like Mo said, and he just gave you every example on how you can create extra revenue um, without spending money, without spending a dime and just, you know, our time is the most important thing to us as owners, but I mean, it beats paying someone, right? And even attached to something they said, people watched the oil change, right? Mm -hmm. They did the oil change. They paid someone to do the oil change. If you put out free content, like he's saying, they're going, they may try it and they may try to apply it. They're not going to get the results and they're going to realize maybe I should get a coach. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to tie them into coming in and actually having a a coach like class and I think that's a huge that's a huge marketing tool right there. Absolutely. I mean, this is the greatest greatest time to be a marketer ever. <clears throat> you know, I have a book I'm working on called Create Your Own Radio Station, and the concept is: 20 years ago, when I got into marketing, you had to buy your marketing. There, mm-hmm. you had an email list, you had fax list, which is funny because plenty of people don't know what a fax, fax is. machine is. Yeah. <clears throat> we had fax lists. I used to do mass faxes of people back in my early days. But you didn't have social media, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have a lot of these things. Well, today, this gym, for example, has, you know, you can, any gym can build up an audience of a couple thousand people. That owner should have an audience on Facebook himself, personally, of about a thousand friends and family in the area that know, like, and trust them. Mm-hmm. You can get a YouTube channel with a lot of videos. You can get a LinkedIn audience and reach out to everybody in your community around you that's business owners and make an impression on LinkedIn you can build an email list of a couple thousand pretty easily. Even you can, in CrossFit? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> look. yeah. You, you, can, you can build all these audiences. And the reason I say create your own radio station is that a lot of people are fascinated with buying marketing. And so the easiest way to break that down is Cincinnati, 700 WLW is the biggest radio station. Okay. They reach about 250,000 people every week. They reach about 10,000 people every 15 minutes. So when you, as a, if CrossFit the Tracks was to buy a commercial on 700 WLW, it would cost us, let's say, $200 mm-hmm. to reach 10,000 people in a 15-minute time block. Well, you look at that. How many of those people are near CrossFit the Tracks? Probably only a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. So now I take that 10,000 out of 200. How many of those 200 heard the commercial? Right. Now I'm down to 100. How many of those 100 people actually want to work out and get in shape? Now I'm down to 50. How many know who the Tracks is? By the time you get it all done... You just pay $200 to reach 10 people. Mm-hmm. That's the facts. If you're a, a small business like a gym, you just spent money to reach very small amount of people. Okay. Whereas if you do a little work and you build up an email list of a couple hundred people, which isn't tough, you build up a Facebook following of a couple hundred people, which isn't tough, you fill up a LinkedIn audience, a couple hundred, and you can export your LinkedIn context, by the way, a lot of people don't know that. You can now all of a sudden reach a thousand people mm-hmm. really easily. And if you can reach a thousand people, you have your own radio station and you Mm -hmm. have, if you use it correctly now, you can't be sending them emails and spamming them. You know, one of the biggest things right now businesses aren't using is Facebook messenger, Facebook messenger. We're getting 90% open rates on our conversations in Facebook messenger for my restaurants and our RV dealers, Mm -hmm. 90%. I just did a blast for dairy queen of three dairy Queens. We work with 3000 people, 90% of them opened the message and replied last month. Right, and that kills MailChimp. MailChimp, it's not even close to that. Oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, email people just emails fifteen. Yeah. Emails yeah. fifteen to twenty percent. So there's tools like that available. You just got to find ways to nurture those audiences mm-hmm. and talk to them. And you know, the one, the one tip you mentioned free. LinkedIn's free. Mm-hmm. You can get on LinkedIn for fifty. I think my my membership's like fifty nine or sixty bucks a month for the paid membership. Mm-hmm. I can search for anything. I could search every business owner within five minutes of this gym. 
I could connect with them with the connection request and a note that says, Hey, this is Brody from the CrossFit gym down the, down the street. I saw you on LinkedIn. Just wanted to hook up. We're both local business owners. Maybe one day we can grab coffee and see how I can help your business. Mm-hmm. You do that. You build that up to a couple hundred business owners in your network around your gym. You go into the settings. You can export that audience, that your audience into a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And now you can have an email list to where you introduce yourself to them, email them some information, call them. I mean, that's free. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now it's good shit. So, you know, bringing things to a close. So it sounds like a lot of the resources that you would recommend, we already have readily available to us. Yep. It's just a matter of executing them properly. Because yeah. a lot of people don't have the marketing background. But it's safe to say like 99% of our listeners have social media, if not multiple platforms. And especially with these owners, you know, they have pages for their facility and they probably have athlete pages even. And like you said, most of us probably have a thousand friends yep. on Facebook and probably a certain percentage of that is within the local area and probably have similar interests. So it sounds like it's not as challenging as it, one would think. It's just a matter of being able to execute on all that appropriately. Like you said, not spamming people. Yeah. Give, 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 then ask. Yep. Or put the work in. I think that's that's a common thread. I see people, they don't want to do the work. They just, they don't want to. They want to come pay you a bunch of money. <laughs> And then all of a sudden well, they have 200 members. Well, yeah. no, just think about it. You were just talking about another lead system for CrossFit gyms or whatever. The, these lead, these people who are saying, I'm going to produce leads. Well, people look at that. Well, okay, well, it's going to take, I'll pay him, but it's going to take time off of my shoulders. I don't have to invest into it. But once again, shit, they're not hitting the right, they're not hitting the right things, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? You, you can control who you can hit because they're in your demographic because they're your friends. They're the people you talk to. You have like similar interest, right? Just like when we get a new member, I used to, my old gym, they'd be like, oh, we only added two members this month. I'll take two members every month because I get access to their friends, Yeah. right? Because they're going to tag your stuff that they they love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if they have a thousand friends, now I just gained access to 2,000 people. I don't even know who's going to see our your gym. Your result, and they're going to see that person's results. Results, they're going to see our gym getting tagged, they're having fun. Now they're going to start getting interest. That's why CrossFit has the best referral program of anything, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, it's, I always crack up. I tell people, I told somebody this past week, we had a little event for the gym and we were talking about, they were asking me questions about being an affiliate. Is it a franchise? Because they didn't know much about CrossFit. I said, Mm -hmm. our three grand we pay under any, there's no reason it's not 30 grand. I mean, the the people that, 90% of the people that walk through our doors came from the word CrossFit. And mm-hmm. now we've had to change. And we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, and you, our gym is now the Trax Fitness Lab. We've altered that because a lot of people are intimidated of CrossFit. They have a, a different perception of what it is or they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so we're marketing a little differently because our referrals were down for about a year because they would say, oh, hey, bring it's my CrossFit gym. I, I, yeah. I, you got to come, you know, five years ago. Hey, man, Matt, how did you lose weight oh, doing CrossFit? What is that? Right. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. A year ago, Oh, I can't do that. That's too tough. And I always, I always use the example, like, you know what? Nobody else watches LeBron James in the NBA Finals and goes, oh, my God, I can't play basketball in the backyard now because <laughs> yeah. I just saw LeBron James. That's yeah. what's happened. No, they, see, right. they see Rich Fronig on TV, on ESPN, on accident, and they're yeah. like, I can never do that. So we altered our name to the Tracks Fitness Lab, home of Cross for the Tracks, mm-hmm. and we have a couple other little subcategories for the reason that our members tell people, hey, where are you a member at? Where are you losing your weight? Oh, at the Tracks Fitness Lab. Well, what is that? Well, they have a burn cardio program. They have boot camp. They have personal training. They have right. CrossFit. Now, all of a sudden, it's an intro, and we've noticed that people are less, in, they'll come in more likely now because of the name. 
Uh, I mean, CrossFit is still a great brand and still mm-hmm. gets people in here. Don't get me wrong, but you've got to figure out what's going to get more people in here. But like Brody mentioned referrals. I mean, that's, I, I, I asked our trainers the other day and I gave them an idea and I'll end with this. I know I, I can keep talking on that about marketing, <laughs> but I told him, I said, guys, uh, when was the last time you took every member in this gym out for coffee? And what do you mean? I said, make a list. There's a couple hundred people here. You take these 50, you take these 50, you take, I want you to make a list, put them in an order that you think they have the biggest influence, the biggest sphere of influence Mm -hmm. and take them a lunch, find out what they do for a living. You know, give them, I said, you know, I was telling Dylan and Lindsay, they're both really high level, you know, top 20, 30 regionals athletes. I said, when was the last time you invited a member to work out with you? Uh, Because they work out on their own all the time. Like, why don't you call one of these members and go, Hey, every week, different member, pick up the phone. Hey bro. This Friday, three o'clock, I got a killer wad. Why don't you come do it with me? Don't be a bitch. They'll be, they'll, they'll be flattered. They'll be like, holy crap, seriously? It'll be, I mean, it's like me if, you know, one of my marketing guys that I, that I pay to consult with yeah. that is a lot better than me called me up like, hey, bro, doing a webinar. want you to come do it. What do you think? Hell yeah. yeah right. I mean, it's the same thing. So find ways to make a relationship with your members mm-hmm. so that when you say, hey, we're, we're, we're looking to add 10 members this month. Do you have one person that you think of that's had a knee issue lately that just had a kid that you've come up with specific reasons? Like nobody always, the biggest problem with referrals, I've been in referral marketing for 10 years with BNI for my business. When I stood up today at my BNI meeting, I didn't stand up and say, Hey, I'm looking for a restaurant owner. I stood up and said, I'm looking for a referral to Mike who owns the rapid fire pizza on mall road in Florence, Kentucky. I gave him really specific directions. Mm -hmm. Same thing here create a relationship with your members. When you have these conversations, Hey Paula, what friend of yours recently posted pictures of her baby on Facebook? They know somebody, Mm -hmm. right? That's a person that needs to get in the gym. Can you make an introduction? Can you bring them in? Can they have a conversation with them? I want to see if they're interested in losing that baby weight and us helping them get back in shape. But the problem is people don't do that. And they say, Oh, members tell us, you know, we're looking for referrals and we're back. We're guilty of this. Mm -hmm. Who, who can you refer here? Well, Anybody in the whole thing in the referral marketing business is anybody, somebody, nobody. Like, okay. I, I've yeah, got I've fr- heard that phrase. I've got a friend of mine that stands up every once in a while in networking meetings and says, Hey, I'm looking for anybody that's looking for home insurance. When was the last person that mentioned either one of you guys looking for home insurance? <laughs> they weren't. But if he stood up and said, Hey, I'm looking for anybody that just recently Same had part. a baby, mm-hmm. because if they just had a baby, they might be renters. They might be looking to get a bigger home or mm-hmm. get a home, which means they're going to need home insurance you got to find the narrowest point of attack to make somebody think about something specific that's going to help you get a referral. Don't nice. just ask questions. Ask them. All right. So to bring this to a close, Matt, how can they find, how can our listeners find you on social media with your marketing as well as your facility here? Yeah. They can look me up on YouTube, Matt Plapp, M-A-T-T, and then P-L-A-P-P. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website is mattplapp.com. My email is matt at mattplapp.com. Uh, the facility is the CrossFit, the tracks, the tracks, fitness lab, either website.com, obviously. Uh, the biggest thing I'd say is, you know, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I'm not a gym marketing expert. I am a Facebook video marketing expert. I know my stuff when it comes to that. So if there's a gym owner out there or even a business owner that's listening to this, that you wanted a question, email me at matt at mattplap.com. I'll make a video for you. I'll make a video, put it on YouTube. I'll do Facebook live. Uh, I'll get it out there and you can, you know, if you if you have a question, like you can go to my YouTube channel. There's a, a couple hundred videos. And there's something on every aspect of you know, Facebook and email and texting and how to do different video concepts because it all applies. 
whether you're trying to get a person in to buy an RV or a person in to eat food at a restaurant or come into a gym, you know, the techniques that I teach are on there. So, I mean, if you got a question, let me know. I'd love to help you. It's uh, I love helping small business owners. I love seeing people make marketing decisions. I will say this. I think the biggest thing I'll leave with that I think a lot of gym owners and even business owners need to get used to is when you get to a certain point, know when to hire somebody. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's funny that a lot of gyms, we preach personal training and group instruction, but then gym owners trying to do all their own stuff. Like I see so many questions oh. online about doing their own taxes and their attorney and getting this legal paperwork and doing their own Facebook ads. If you, when you get to a certain point, like me, I have never mowed the grass at my house mm-hmm. ever. I'm 41. I've lived in a house since 22. I've never physically picked up a weed eater because I've made enough money to pay people to do that. Mm-hmm. I can use my time other ways. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the gym that there's a lot of things you can learn to yourself. You can YouTube any technique. Everything's on Google and YouTube. Yeah. I learned most of the stuff I know hands on YouTube and Google figuring out how to do things, how to do a Facebook pixel, how to do a Google pixel, how to do a YouTube video, how to retarget people. But I also got to a point where I pay to have certain things done. Like right now, there's a lady in the Philippines who was doing my bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. There's a guy named Hawk who is in Bangladesh who manages my Facebook messenger program for 20 restaurants. You know, there's, it's a big world Mm -hmm. and there's certain things you can shop out that you can do, but there's also things you can do on your own. And then when you learn how to do it, you can, and make enough money you can shop it out, but don't be afraid to hire a coach when you need advice to do something like that. Mm, good point. All right. So before we let you go, we have to put you through the measure of three rounds for time. We're going to ask you three questions and you need to fire off as fast as possible. So are you ready? Need to stretch? Let's, I need to chalk up. All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> question one, what keeps you up at night? What are some fears or concerns that you have? Not be able to provide for my family. What is something you want to be remembered for once you're gone? Helping others. And what is one thing you would change in the world? Uh, Poverty. And of course, since we are the One More Rep podcast, there is one extra question. What's something people don't know about you, like a hidden talent or a superpower? Something they don't know about. Not a hidden talent. I don't drink. And a lot of people that know me have seen me do some pretty crazy and stupid crap. And they're like, dude, I had to be hammered. (laughs) I've never drank my entire life. They're like, wow. We're scared to see you on alcohol now. <laughs> so that's probably that's probably the uh, the one thing. But hidden talent, I can handstand walk like nobody. Nice. Have you have you made, were able to make it from door to door yet? I haven't done that yet. We've got a bet going. That's it's like two hundred seventy-eight okay. feet. Yeah, yeah. If uh, you go on uh, the Tracks Fitness Lab, if you go on one of their YouTube or sorry, one of their Facebook videos, there's uh, someone was trying to do it. He got almost to D- the end. Dylan right? got about three fourths away. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. That's it's, a long. It's walk. pretty impressive. I'm just saying this is the first podcast we haven't drank either. So true, true. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> sad about that. So again, uh, thanks a lot for sharing uh, the afternoon with us and just dropping some knowledge on marketing. There's a lot of stuff I've learned just by sitting here listening to you. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will take a lot from this as well. Probably a lot of things that they've never even thought about that you just dropped on them. So thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. So for this week's call to action, we'd like you to leave, uh, if you're going to go ahead and message Matt, please leave us some of those questions in the comment section so that way we can kind of see what you're asking too, because that's going to help other people who are going to benefit from this episode. So with that being said, I think this brings this episode to a close. I'm O and I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) That was was whack. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. You gotta ask them for three rounds for time. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. Fucking mo. damn it! Was that on your damn notebook? Jeez, no, man. it wasn't. Come on, man. One job. Oh yes, one job. Now we're just like trying to soak up all the all the goodness you've been chucking out. Yeah, when, I talk, we, I, when you open up your gym, <laughs> <laughs> I keep you know, telling Mo he's gonna open up his gym. gym.